0: Are you new to the HVAC industry or thinking about hiring somebody without HVAC experience? Get caught up on all the industry specifics you may not know on today's show. Now, folks, we all know it's hard to find good people in the HVAC industry, but what about recruiting people outside the industry and training them? Uh, This can be really popular in the sales department since you don't really need industry experience. You just need to be able to solve the homeowner's problem. Here at EGIA, we recently listed Mr. HVAC himself, James Lightner, to produce an HVAC 101 training course for our learning platform. Over the last few years, we've gotten a ton of inquiries about offering this training, so we went ahead, we got the expert, and we're going to make it happen. Today, we're going to get a little taste of what this new course has to offer, and if you're a member, be sure to take the full course in our learning platform. Let's join James now. Now, before we get to our main content, I need to let you know about Lead 2021, the transformational virtual leadership summit for contractors coming up on March 9th and 10th. It's a can't-miss online event designed to teach you the right leadership skills to get the most out of your business. I'll be a presenter, along with some other folks you'll recognize from Cracking the Code, like Drew Cameron and Mr. Gary Ellix. And we'll also feature big-time celebrity keynote presentations from Kevin O'Leary and Tim Grover. Learn more and register at lead2021event.com.
1: Hello, I'm James Leichter for EGIA. I am so excited to be bringing you HVAC 101. This coursework is designed for those of you who are new to the HVAC industry or you are a non-technical person working in a heating and air conditioning company, perhaps you are a CSR, sorry, customer service representative, we'll cover acronyms later, or maybe you're into sales, accounting, or maybe some other position. We built this series for you. We are going to talk about the terminology used, uh, industry terms and jargon, We will cover the different types of equipment we sell, equipment categories, we'll cover accessories, the various services that are involved, and why our industry is so important. We'll also cover some of the very basics of business and career opportunities available to you. So let's go ahead and get started with our first presentation titled, A Brief History of Heating and Air Conditioning. In the first hundred years of our country, heating was very rudimentary. We pretty much were relying on wood from the forests and makeshift furnaces. There weren't really any commercial available heating systems, at least nationwide, uh, that, that I know of. In 1741, that changed when Ben Franklin invented what we call the Franklin Furnace. This furnace was patented, but Ben Franklin told everyone that they could do whatever they wanted with his patent, that there would be uh, no problem with his patent, intellectual rights. What he wanted was people to innovate from that piece of equipment. He wanted to see people improve on it, and he wanted to make sure that people enjoyed relatively inexpensive heating as much as possible, because up until that point there were really no systems available. In 1885, Dave Lennox invented the riveted steel coal furnace. Now, the reason why that was important is up until that time, there were cast iron furnaces, but they weren't really commercially viable. They weren't made in large quantities. They weren't distributed across America. There were no standards. So his invention brought a commercially viable heating system to America. In 1851, mechanical ice making became possible. Up until this point there were no ice makers like you and I know them. If you wanted ice, you went out to the frozen river and you cut blocks of ice and you hurried to get it where it was going because it was melting fast. By mid to late summer that ice was usually gone. Now that ice was used for food refrigeration and it was also used for what we call air conditioning to a very limited expense and it was to a very limited extent and it was only for rich people because it was very expensive as you can imagine. In 1886 the electrical fan was invented and that was basically America's air conditioning system for a long time to come. In 1902, that began to change. That's when Willis Haviland Carrier invented the air conditioning system. But the, the interesting story behind that is he didn't call it air conditioning. He wasn't really even trying to build a cooling system as we think of it today. He was trying to control humidity for a publishing company. The publishing company had a problem. Humid air made it very difficult to print ink onto paper. And Carrier was trying to mitigate that high humidity. And while he was doing it, he inadvertently created a cooling system. And as technicians know, you when you remove latent heat from air, that's heat that's inside moisture, you start taking out the moisture from air, you have a cooling effect on that air. And Voila! We had air conditioning. In 1919, a lady named Alex H. Parker, an African American woman, in, actually invented the first forced air gas furnace as we know it. In her drawings, she illustrated a furnace, a gas-fired furnace. Now, keep in mind, up until this point, we were thinking in terms of coal and uh, we were thinking in terms of coal and wood. She drew out a gas-fired furnace with a fan assembly that drove air through the furnace, upflow, into ductwork. And she drew the ductwork, delivering the air to the house, the structure. Now, another neat thing about that patent was there were people that thought about maybe moving air with fans, but no one had thought about ductwork delivering that air. So what was really clever is she put it all together. She thought about a furnace, gas-fired furnace, a fan assembly, and duct work. Also what's interesting is her invention never became a commercial product. It was never built into a commercial product. In 1922, Carrier invented the centrifugal chiller. Now this was important because up until this time, There were no cooling systems capable of cooling large areas, large buildings, and the centrifugal chiller was capable of doing that. And it didn't take long. In 1925, that system was installed in the Reveille Theater in New York Times. This was the first time that Americans felt air conditioning. They felt cold-conditioned air, and they loved it. It was said that people went... To the movie theater just for the experience of the air conditioning as much as they did for the movie. Now in 1935, the first forced air furnace, commercially viable, was invented. It was coal fired, not gas fired. But it was built basically on Miss Parker's invention many years earlier. In 1953, window air conditioning became popular. Uh, the units sold for two, most of them sold for $230, which is about $2,300 in today's money. And by about 10 years after that, a million or more units have been sold. Many people had air conditioning, at least window air conditioning. By the 1960s, AC became mainstream. People started having central air conditioning systems installed in their home while they were built. So it became more of a thing, a common thing, through the 60s. In 1991 marked the time where CFCs were banned. You might remember the chlorofluorocarbons or the R22 refrigerants and others like it. Uh, I remember back when you could just cut a line set and and get away from it and let the refrigerant flow all over the place. Uh, You couldn't do that anymore. You had to connect recovery machines and so forth, but I digress. Uh, Fun memories of shooting all that into the air. It was a whole lot easier. In 2006, the Department of Energy updated their efficiency standards, making the uh, minimum efficiencies for HVAC equipment uh, much stricter, and that created billions of dollars worth of energy savings for America. Uh, In 2015, the Department of Energy announced a whole new set of technologies related to what we call non-vapor compressor tech. This should bring much higher efficiencies to market in the coming years. So that brings us to HVAC today. Where are we today? Well, we've come a long way. We are no longer in the business of providing our clients with heated air and and, uh, cooler air. We do much more than that. We are into indoor air quality, super high efficient air filtration. We provide humidification, dehumidification. We have equipment that brings in fresh air and removes stale air. We have sophisticated indoor air quality monitoring systems that tell you exactly what the air is comprised of. We have remedies to clean up that air and make it more healthy. We save lives every year Hundreds of people die from carbon monoxide poisoning, and our industry prevents perhaps thousands of more, thousands of more people dying from carbon monoxide poisoning. When we don't do our job properly, people can die. At a minimum, they're uncomfortable or they're wasting energy dollars.
0: Now listen, if you're an EGI member and you want to get one of your employees to take this course, go to the site, go to contractor training, click the Online Classes button, and then HVAC 101. If you're not a member and you'd like to access this course, just sign up for a free trial at the top of this page. You can take the full course along with all of our other online courses like Leadership, In-Home Sales, Marketing, and much, much more. Well, folks, that's it for today. Hope to see you soon. Until then, bye-bye for now.